Please turn in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1 for the reading of God's Word. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, found on page 1. Let us now hear God's word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven or sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, and each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was very that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. As far as the reading of God's holy word made his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. The congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the culture of a people group includes their language, religion, things that make up a people group that are common to all in that particular people group. In every culture, there's a pressing question. Where do we come from? Where did all this come from? When did the world come into being? Who made it? Did a superior being or the gods make the world? Every people group has a worldview on who made heaven and earth. From the Christian to the Muslim to the Hindu, the Buddhists, and the atheist. There's a worldview there that nags at the heart, the very heart of the people group. Where did we come from? Who made everything? Even in the days of the patriarchs, it wasn't that different than today in that regard. Even in those days, there was a polytheism, a worshiping of multiple gods, many gods. The first book of the Bible, Genesis, is the book of beginnings, proclaiming that our God is creator and maker of heaven and earth. Case closed. We can all go home now. I want to stop us right there. We need, I'm going to emphasize, we need to hear this fundamental truth that God created the heavens and the earth. We need to hear it. In case we think that we don't need to hear the creation narrative again, we would do well to follow the pattern in Scripture. What do I mean? Did you hear from Psalm 96 and Psalm 33? Who the Creator is? 
How about Psalm 115? How about Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah chapter 45 and 44? Where each biblical writer goes back to creation and it's always in the context or most always in the context of the people of God who are falling into the worship of idols. Do we need to hear this again and again? Absolutely. Because we fail to to miss the creator-creature distinction that exists. He is creator, we are not. He is creator of heavens and earth. We are not. Listen to what Jeremiah chapter 10 says. Thus shall you say to them, The gods who did not make the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. You worship foolish idols. And what does the author of scripture, the prophets, point the people to? They point the people to the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. Over and over again, he reminds Israel that he is God, maker of heaven and earth, lest you and I forget and make for ourselves idols. At the beginning of the word of God, God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see that in verse 1, you know it, you know it. In the beginning refers to a period of time. Some interpreters believe that in the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. But then time elapsed before you get to verse 3. It could be many, many years. So God created the heavens and the earth. It was formless and void. And then God, as time elapsed, began creating, began forming and filling the heavens and the earth. But how do you reconcile the Bible's teaching of six days of creation? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Here we have the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And the author, the the author, God himself, of these commandments. I'll begin at verse 8 of of Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. You see where the basis of the Sabbath day comes from, where it comes from? Just as God created in six days the heavens and the earth and rested on the seventh day, so shall you Israel. 
Now that said, there's a lot of mystery here. There's mystery. In fact, there are more questions that we ask than we have answers for. And it's very important that we understand that. That there is mystery in the creation narrative. And we have to be okay with that. Because what's revealed to us, we are to receive by faith, as the author of Hebrews writes. And we'll look at that verse in a moment. But I believe verses 1 and 2, the introductory remarks, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The introductory remarks of the book of beginnings, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in the following verses, you have what that looked like, how God formed and filled this heavens and this earth that he created. And notice in verse 2, the earth was without form and void. And so what does God do in the remaining verses in chapter 1? God forms and God fills the heavens and the earth. Those are two points. God forms. You see in verse 2, the earth was without form. Well, in days 1 through 3, in chapter 1, is God forming, bringing order to the earth that was without form and void. It was a watery mass that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and darkness was over the face of the waters. And God began to form the heavens and the earth. The words without form means it was desolate, empty. It comes from the word chaos, confusion. And God formed earth that was without form by bringing order to it. And we see that in days one through three, where creation narrative teaches us who formed the heavens and the earth, and how he formed it. Day one teaches us that God formed light. In verse three to five, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light to distinguish from the day, the darkness, or from the darkness. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. He formed light. He formed a canopy or an expanse or the sky between the waters and the earth and the waters above the heavens. This is mystery, friends. This is mystery. Listen to what he says in verse 6 and following. Let there be an expanse or a canopy in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven or sky. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. So there's waters, there's sky, and then there's waters. 
God formed the expanse, the canopy. Day three teaches us that God brought order to the earth when he gathered the waters into one place. Look with me in 9 and 10. Let the waters on the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and waters and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Take note there. He gathered together into one place the seas and dry land appears. Remember, it was without form. It was void. It was a watery ball. And then God spoke, and dry land appears. And then on that same day, on day three, we have vegetation and every plant-bearing seed and fruit trees in which is their seed according to its kind. Oh, there's a lot of mystery here. Especially when you consider that God, who is creator, speaks all things into existence by his powerful word and by his divine wisdom. Because he is indeed God Almighty. The way he introduced himself, the way he spoke of himself to our patriarch Abraham. I am God Almighty. I am the God who was there at the beginning of the heavens and the earth when I created them. Hebrews 11, verse 1, if you're taking notes, listen to what Hebrews 11, verse 1 says. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith... This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. In other words, God created all things ex nihilo, out of nothing. He spoke all things into existence. Things that were not there became There they appeared by God's divine word. And we come to understand and believe this truth, not by scientific inquiry, not by philosophical inquiry, but by the word of the living God that is created in our hearts by the power of the Spirit, the Spirit who hovered over the face of the deep, The spirit who hovered over the face of the deep is the spirit of God who created faith in my heart to believe that he created the universe. Now, of course, God can use things like scientific inquiry or philosophical inquiry to spark in a person a desire to to know who created all things and And ends up in a church by God's providence. And here's the gospel. Here's this very text. And says, I believe God is creator. He formed the heavens and the earth. I don't have all the answers. I have about that much. That's how much I know. Not even. I I mean, I can't even. I don't know. 
Well, it gets even more interesting and more challenging as we consider God filling the earth in day four. You see, in the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth. The earth was without form and void. It was empty and darkness was over the face of the deep. God formed and now he fills. He began filling it at day three with the vegetation, the trees. And we see it continue in days four through six. Where we see in the days of creation who and how the heavens and the earth were filled when it was void in the beginning. On day four, God filled the expanse, the heavens, with the great light, the sun, and the lesser light, the moon. He also created the stars to give light in darkness. Now here's where the mystery is. Perhaps you're asking yourself, what was the great light created at day one? How could the author... How could the author talk about an evening and morning the first day, an evening and morning the second day, an evening and morning the third day, when the fourth day hasn't even occurred and the sun, moon, and stars were created? To do what? Listen. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for what? Days and nights. What happened to the previous days? Prior to the fourth day, were those days? Well, by faith, by faith, we take God's word and what it says in this narrative. Because again, we don't have the answers. There's an interpretation that when God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, and it was formless and void, He also created the sun, moon, and stars. But it's not until, and that still sun, moon, and stars gave light, that light referred to in the first day. But it wasn't until the fourth day when he was filling the earth and putting things in order that the sun, moon, and stars were put in its proper place. But it still begs the question. The sun, moon, and stars were put in place and determined the days and seasons at day four. So whatever interpretation man comes up with, you always run into this conundrum. I don't know, I think that day one, that light, may be the glory of God. That's where I would go. The glory of God is that light. Perhaps. Day five, God filled the sea or waters with swarms of living creatures and he filled the sky with 
or the heavens with every winged bird according to its kind. He spoke and they came to be. They didn't arise out of it, but were created for it. There's no evolutionary process. Again, these things were filled by God's word just as they were formed by God's word. And he did so by his powerful word. By his powerful word, God filled the earth with sea creatures and land animals and birds of the air. And so, last week we spoke of the Great Commission. And one of the ways we engage people and their worldview is how do you account for things that you see and experience? How do you account for beauty? How do you account for creation? The Christian knows where to go. We know how to account for these things. We point to the truth of God's word. Now, whether they want to accept it or believe it, that's another matter. But we don't put the Bible on a shelf when we're engaging the world. The Bible is nearer to us and dearer to us in our hearts. And I'm not going to put the Bible aside and argue from a position of philosophy or science, though I should know some of those arguments. But at the end of the day, I'm going to point to the divine word of God because it's the word of God that points to who the creator is. And it's through the word of God that brings life by the power of the spirit. God formed, God filled, and God created human beings in his image and likeness on the sixth day. He formed and filled the heavens and the earth to be inhabitable and ruled over by his image bearers. Who are called to give glory and majesty to his name. To be fruitful and multiply in the garden of Eden. So that garden extends its boundaries and God is there in the midst of Adam and Eve. He is present with them. He created them to be rational, moral, religious beings with creaturely physical bodies. God created them. Look with me in your Bible. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. He created Adam and Eve, who were the crown jewel of his creation, and he created them in true righteousness and holiness. Without sin. And then at verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God made Adam in his image and his likeness to be the representative and the head of the human race. 
giving them the creation mandate to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with more image bearers, more worshipers. Genesis 1 and Genesis 1 through 11 speak specifically to the current absurdity that exists in the world today. Oh, does it apply today? Oh, do we need to hear this today? The entrance of sin into the world results in the misuse and abuse of creation. And we see this even today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man in his own image and likeness. And therefore, God determines when life begins. God determines not science, not myths, nothing. God determines when life begins. God determines who is male and female. God made us male and female, not both simultaneously. There's one gender given to human beings, male or female, and to reject God's design is to reject God's will and purpose. To murder, to destroy, or mutilate the body is to destroy that which God considers to be precious and valuable and have worth. To murder, destroy, or mutilate the body or another human being is to defile the image of God in man. God determines when life begins. And it begins at conception. I'm astonished how when I hear debates about this, whether it's online or news or whatever, it's always from the science perspective. Even among Christians, we can get caught up in the science of it. Well, science has proven for many decades that at conception, there's a human being in the womb. Okay, science can prove that. But who has the ultimate authority in that claim? We believe that there's human life in the womb. But friends, let me tell you, even those who are pro-abortion, pro-killing and murdering a child in the womb, believe that there's a human in the womb, they don't believe it's a person. That's the difference. A person that doesn't express rationality or have a conscience can't demonstrate a conscience. So any person, whether disabled or elderly, who is unconscious is no longer a person. Who determines that science, philosophy? Far be it from us to argue from that position. God determines human life. And to be human is to be a person. 
to bear the image of God. That's why the creation narrative is imperative. We need it ingrained in our heads over and over again. We need to pound it in our heads over and over again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And at this point, I'm going to say, in the beginning, the triune God created the heavens and the earth. I want to draw your attention to forms and prayers. Lord's Day 9, you can either listen or follow along on page 210. Lord's Day 9, question and answer 26, asks the question, What do you believe when you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? The answer, that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father for the sake of Christ his Son. I trust God so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends upon me in this veil of tears. He is able to do this because he is almighty God. He, is, he desires to do this because he is a faithful father. Indeed, we confess in the Apostles' Creed, which is a faithful summary of the Scriptures, that I believe in God the Father Almighty. But what can be said about God's attributes can be said about the sons and the spirits. Yes, indeed, God is Father Almighty, but He created through who and by who? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Father is maker or creator of heaven and earth, and yet we can attribute to the fa- what we attribute to the Father can be said of the Word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us. Turn with me in your Bibles. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just thumb through the Bible. And and I, I do this because I want you to know your Bibles. I want you to know where to go. Do you know where to go when somebody asks you, Jesus doesn't claim to be God? Oh, really? The Bible never claims to be God, or the Bible never claims that Jesus is God. Really? Jesus never created the world. Really? Can you show them? Can you show them, Christian, where to go? Do a little exercise. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. The Word is Jesus Christ. Before He was the man Jesus, He was the pre Incarnate Word of God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see how John's beginning introductory remarks reflect the creation narrative?
that light has entered darkness. The glory of the Son of God has entered the darkness of human hearts. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. The whole book of, or the whole letter to the church here that Paul writes to, the Colossians, the whole book is about the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. His supremacy. And at verse 15 and following, listen to this. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That is, he's the preeminent one. That word firstborn, when it refers to Jesus, refers to his preeminency. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him, hold, in him all things hold together. You see, even what's said of the Father in Lord's Day 9 can be said of the Son. Jesus holds all things together by his hand. Lastly, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And this same creator, the author goes on to say, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. What's said of the Father can be said of the Son and can also be said of the Spirit because the Spirit who hovered over the waters, God by His Word created all things by the power of His Spirit. And the Spirit brought forth life and light when life was breathed into the nostrils of Adam and gave life where He became a living being. And it is the same Spirit again, friends, Christian, it is the same spirit that brings life into the darkness of your heart and my heart. Where he brings about recreation, new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. We are new creations in Christ. A car in a junkyard is old and decrepit and rusted out. But there are guys who like to take that old, rusted-out car, refurbish it, and looks brand new on the other side when they're done. God takes you, Christian, one who is dead in sin and trespasses, makes you alive in Christ, and he will make you new in the last days, in the last day when he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. In the beginning, already assumes in the beginning, in Genesis 1, verse 1, already assumes an end. Did you catch that? Have you thought about that? In the beginning, 
already assumes that there will be an end. An end that God will bring about. This great mystery is revealed to us in the scriptures. God has appointed rest for his people. And we see that in the creation narrative at chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, because this is where the people of God, the people of God find rest in this God who created all things. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Today, on this Lord's Day, is a, is a sacrament of sorts of the eternal rest that we will know in the last day. We know it now. We know this rest now in Jesus Christ, who is our Sabbath rest. But we will know that Sabbath rest in the last day when the new heavens and new earth come down from heaven, that new Jerusalem. And so let us conclude by turning our attention to the consummation of all things in Revelation chapter 1, friends. Revelation chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I close with these words and these words only. And an amen. Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I'll wait till you get there. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be, any, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he, and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with, with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God as radiance, like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Now go with me to verse 22. 
And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus is coming again, the consummation of all things, and with him comes the new heavens and new earth. Do you long for that day of eternal rest? with God, your creator. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we, O Lord, are amazed at your creative power and might, that you spoke all things visible in your your wisdom and understanding. And by your divine counsel and providence, you keep all things and hold all things together. Even the sinfulness of man And how we, O Lord, make a mess of things. You, O Lord, nevertheless, keep order and work out all things for your glory and for the good of your redeemed people. O Father, we pray that you would grant us a deeper faith in you, even as we consider the mysteries of chapter 1 of Genesis. May we embrace it by faith, knowing, O Lord, that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness, that the deep and hidden things of God are things that are a mystery and not for us, but the things that are revealed, the things in your word are for us and our children. Oh Lord God, we thank you for the promise of the word. And may we walk, O oh Lord, in faith, looking to Jesus, our great God and King. In your name we pray.